Podcast. No? Yeah? Well, fine. I don't like you guys anyways. No, no, no. Okay, I'm your host, Noah Davis. This is the Noah Davis Watchcast, where I talk to you about anything I've watched throughout the week and tell you about it. It will be a short one today because, once again, my AC is not working. So when I turn my fan off for the acoustics and close my windows for the acoustics, it gets real sweaty up in here. I'll get right to it. Ahsoka episode. Loved it. Big. Epic, flashy, awesome. That's what Star Wars needs to be. Star Wars, <laughs> Star Wars really needs to know what it is. I think that's a huge problem with Kenobi, where it spent all this time developing nothing, and then it didn't even get that big crescendo, grandiose fucking big display of awe. You know, it's that's what Star Wars is, is big displays of awe. And when you lose that and say, uh, hastily put together plot and fake out deaths, Rise of Skywalker, or you uh, use it to almost rebrand characters such as Luke Skywalker and Leia, Last Jedi, or you use it to simply rehash nostalgia fuel. I, Force Awakens. I had to think about that one. I forgot what that one was even called. But <laughs> Star Wars needs to know its place in a weird way. And I think Ahsoka is solidifying that place. It's making that place awesome to hang out at. It's making that place the place to be because I'm loving every episode. I cannot wait for the episode tonight. It doesn't have to be as good because the last three episodes have been peak Star Wars. Yes, I said it. Peak Star Wars. Just like Andor Season 1 was peak Star Wars. I just, it, <laughs> it blows my mind when people have this rose-tinted glasses of the original trilogy and they think, eh, this isn't my Star Wars. This isn't, yeah, it's like the sequel trilogy. I hate the sequel trilogy, but it's still fucking Star Wars. I'm still going to watch it. I'm still like, you know, I can't just pick and choose what's canon or not. And I mean, that's, that's literally what the movies are for and sequels and rights and all that. That's what that is for is for actual, you know, established canon. And when people think the original trilogy is just the pinnacle of writing and acting, which it fucking isn't. Sorry, Mark Hamill, but young you was not my favorite actor and young Harrison Ford really wasn't my favorite I mean, I, 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 I personally, I think the acting in episode four is so rough. It, it almost hurts to watch, really. And episode four's plot really isn't. It's a really awesome world, and it was revolutionary at the time. But now that, you know, we've had retrospective to look back at it, it's kind of hard to watch. 
Episode 5, I think, is phenomenal. Great movie. But Episodes 4, 6, 1, and 2, I find them hard to watch. I love them. I love the universe they built. I love Star Wars. But I don't love those movies. Not really. What I do love is Ahsoka and Andor. Maybe the next seasons might ruin both these shows. It doesn't matter. These first seasons, for me, peak Star Wars. That's all I have to say about that Ahsoka episode. So, yeah, rant over. Ah, that was only three minutes. That's not a rant. That ain't no rant, you know. Next up, Mortal Kombat Snowblind, which is the most recent animated entry into the Mortal Kombat animated universe thing, whatever Warner Bros. wants to call it. They probably call it a universe, no doubt. Uh, awesome. It was slick. It was clean. It was fast. It was fast-paced. It had a plot that reflected its pacing and a plot that reflected its setting, which does wonders for any project, whether it's a movie, a game, a comic book, a book, as long as things reflect each other and make sense with each other. It's, there's a cohesion to it. There is a, a, a sense of reality almost that you can latch onto that allows you to what what am I what am I allows you to enjoy and appreciate some aspects that might be you know okay when they're secluded or when they're just picked out of a lineup but when they come together in a way such as hey random murder in a movie isn't really cool but then you get random murder within a Mortal Kombat situation or plot line, then it makes sense. It's cool. It's it, 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 it. There is a logic to it that provides a context for which some things by themselves might be bad, but with or grouped with other aspects, make it good, make it solid. This plotting is not complex. These characters are not that complex. There are some arcs, but there's nothing that's going to make you Think about life for, you know, five hours after the movie. And that's totally fine because it's a Mortal Kombat project. You're not there for that. And the movie knew that. You were there for the badass fight scenes, the really badass designs, the cool setting, the badass fight scenes, the cool setting. That's what you're there for Mortal Kombat. Those are the five reasons you're there for Mortal Kombat. And they do it incredibly well with this animation. The style of the characters may not be my favorite. They do a really neat brush stroke that almost looks like a crayon. And I really like that brush stroke. But I don't love, I don't absolutely love the character designs within the movie. That being said, it did grow on me. I did come to appreciate those character designs and they're total, total, you know, totally serviceable to the point that give me another one. You know, I'm like, fuck it. I'm, give me another one because it's so reminiscent and reticent of early 2000s animation. It almost, these three movies almost remind me of the He-Man 2003 reboot, He-Man 2003 reboot and shows along that nature. And Transformers Armada, I think that was the early 2000s one, Transformers Armada. So that's that's really my prime time of cartoons. You know, I do love 80s, 90s cartoons. I absolutely love those. But the cartoons that were geared towards me at the age I was at were those cartoons, the reboots, Transformers Armada, and 
of course, the He-Man show, you know, what have you. The the Justice League series, you know, uh, Justice League Unlimited. This branding or this iteration of Mortal Kombat is very similar to that style of animation. And I really appreciate it. Yes, again, designs, not my fave. So sorry about that, Mr. Main Character Designer, whoever's in charge of that. It's my bad. But it did come together. It's a very smooth movie. You watch it, you're done, it's over. You don't have to sit there and think, man, what am I having for dinner tonight? Because it's been, what, 80 minutes and the climax still hasn't started. No, the movie is 80 minutes, period, with the credits and everything. So that gives you just an easy out. You just watch the movie and it's over. You don't have to, you don't have to waste your time for three hours thinking, oh, I just wasted my whole off day watching The Irishman. You know, it's not like that. It's quick and easy. And I can't get enough of that. Give me more of that all the time. Every movie needs to be that. Well, not every movie needs to be that. More movies need to be that. How about that? So yeah, pretty good. Maybe not amazing or perfect, but great. Animation's great. Love the direction. Love their sense of motion and the new... I was just talking about this in that new fate, fake, 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 night, dawn, Fate, strange, fake, whatever that was. I don't know. I still don't know what that was called. But that new technique, or at least that newly popularized technique of painting 2D characters in a 3D environment, they did a lot of that in this. And the other, the previous two, they definitely did not do a lot of that. They might have done it a few times, but never a lot. This one, they do it a lot. And if that's the trade-off for some 2D character models, I'm okay with it, you know? 3D environments, 2D character models, I'm okay. I'm okay. Like, that's good. That's good. That deal. You know, give me that handshake deal. If that's my trade-off, I have to get rid of 2D environments just so I can get 2D characters, okay. You know, that, that seems fair to me because it still looks phenomenal. And what they can do with it, they can have different positions without being confined to exactly what the 2D character model would look like. They can move that camera around while also having that 2D illustration. So that gives it a good dynamic sense of motion, and the fight scenes have an awesome, awesome sense of motion. It, it very dynamic fight scenes. One might say epic, but I would just say sleek. Last up, lastly, lastly, I like that word, lastly, you know? I, I don't think a lot of people use it enough. Lastly, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. I don't know how to feel about this movie, guys. I, um, you know, let me start this off. You know, when people say you go woke, you go broke, yada, yada, bullshit, 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 fuck off. Artists happen to be woke. Guess what? Artists are the people that got bullied for being too different and being too feminine or too masculine. So get fucked. People who enjoy art and then complain that the artists are quote unquote too woke, fuck you. But <laughs> sorry for that very personal attack that I do mean. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles of AM, it's not the quote unquote, you know what? I'm just gonna say it's not the modern, there you go. It's not the modern choices they made that were the problem. Well, design wise, it's the modern choices they made everything else. I'll start off with the good things. I love, 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 love the animation. The style is maybe a little left to be desired because it's all super asymmetrical and just downright weird looking. But 
I, I, I love the animation. The animation itself, the framing, all of that is absolutely phenomenal. Whoever is that studio, you did an amazing job, amazing work. Noish. Now, oh wait, and I'll talk about the voice acting was good. Was good. Well, yeah, well, yeah, it was good. I was about to say fine, but good. I loved the voice acting from the main turtles. Everybody else, I could barely tell it was even the famous person they got. So why did you get the famous person if not only to have their name as star power, which is weird. Like even Chris Pratt Mario did try to do Mario, but it also sounded like Chris Pratt. Whereas this movie got Post Malone because... Because, <laughs> no, I have no hate towards Austin Post. No hate towards that man. But it makes negative sense to cast Post Malone and then not have him be Post Malone. Does that make sense to anybody else? If it makes sense to you, great. Did you see the movie just because Post Malone? <laughs> and if it doesn't make sense to you, join the club. Because there were a good amount of voice actors that were like that the entire movie. I looked at the credits and thought, that was them? Huh. You know, there was a... Uh, I, I, I don't even know who I'm talking about because I've already forgotten the stars of that movie because using star powers, just... Star powers. Using stars just for their star power and not for their acting capabilities is a little... Uh, you know... At best, it's a risky play. At worst, it's forgettable. So, why would you do it? I guess is my question. Who knows? Whatever. Uh, <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So, now off to the problems. Yeah, I haven't started on the problems with this movie. First, so many pop culture references that it was annoying, really. And more pop culture references than... Fuck, what has pop culture references? Nothing has more pop culture references in it than this movie, I believe. If you, uh, if you have a ratio to jokes to pop culture jokes, I think this movie might be topping out near, you know, near that end of the spectrum. So it's weird to have all these topical references and then even dated topical references that sometimes I don't think would have landed with a younger audience. So why have a a pop culture reference of teenagers. These Ninja Turtles are teenagers making outdated pop culture references for a kids movie. I, I, the math just doesn't work for me, guys. And then you have all this. These, okay, so you have the very teenage cast, which is cool. That's cool. Whatever. Ninja Turtles have always been a little older than teens or actually acted a little older than teens. Whatever. Don't mind that. You have a teenage cast. Cool. Cool twist. I get it. You have an animated movie. So presumably more younger people are going to latch onto it than older people because some older people are have no fun and no child within them. Number three. It's the fast-paced, modern, not half frame rate, but low frame rate animation that people loved in Spider-Verse. So again, geared towards a younger crowd. Then... On top of these three things, you have the fourth part where Trent Reznor did the music. And by doing the music, it means he picked out East Coast hip-hop songs to just play in the movie. I don't... 
<laughs> Trent Reznor is probably one of the greatest artists in the last while now. I mean, whether it's his scoring, his own work, his bands, it doesn't matter. The man is multifaceted and has done a ton for music and does a ton of great music. He like he himself is a great performer and presumably an amazing artist. So why is he doing the music when the music isn't any score? I don't think there was one original scored song. There might have been one, maybe. And if there was, I'd even hear it because all the East Coast hip-hop that was on top of everything, playing for teenagers, playing for an animated movie, playing <laughs> for an animated movie for kids. So I'm very confused when you have this, hey, you remember East Coast hip-hop kind of nostalgia rip? And then it's a movie with teenagers about kids or, you know, sorry, about teenagers with teenagers for kids. And then you're trying to get that nostalgia factor in with the 90s, to early 2000s hip hop. Why? I just, why, you know, why? What, what's to stop you from using modern hip hop for, you know, the kids and the teenagers, you know, the kids and teenagers who had recognized Post Malone. You see what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> a 40-year-old old head who loves East Coast hip-hop isn't going to know that's Post Malone, nor is he going to care. So why are you trying to cater towards two varying different artists? I mean, two artists, audiences, sorry, my bad. Two varying audiences while in the same movie. Yeah, you can say, hey, well, the best kids' movies are for adults, too. But I'd argue it's more of an adult movie that has kid themes or an adult movie that's family friendly. Whereas this seemed like a kid's movie trying to get adult nostalgia or trying to get you with n adult nostalgia because it didn't really do anything complex. The plotting wasn't anything crazy. The twists on the characters weren't any cra anything crazy. I mean, Rocksteady and Bebop being good guys, I think that's already happened before. I believe that's happened before. Then you had Shredder being not badass, which is a choice, whatever. It doesn't matter because nothing in this movie made it seem like it couldn't pick a lane. It, it, it just couldn't pick a lane. Almost like the Flash movie. It couldn't pick a lane. Didn't want to be a kid's movie. Didn't want to be an intelligent kid's movie. Didn't want to be an adult movie that happens to be family friendly or didn't want to be an adult raunchy comedy. Well, turns out it's not, it's none of those. It, it's, it's none of those, yet it tries or hints at being all of them. And that's, that's a problem. I mean, I can see why this movie didn't make money. It, it um, didn't do anything. It looked good, you know, and that's, that's it. And then it looked good, but then they would make like puke jokes where it would animate the puke. It would animate projectile vomit all over the screen. So, as you're looking at something nice and pretty and cool, you have these ugly character designs, purposefully ugly, I'm not just saying they're ugly, purposefully ugly character designs puking on the place. And it, I don't know, it just comes off as dull and mundane, even though it's an animated movie about the Ninja Turtles. You would think that's the opposite factor <laughs> or the opposite vibe you were going for. I mean, the one time that I thought, hey, 
this movie could have something is when the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were actually talking like teenagers and not grown-ass men writing a script. They were talking like teenagers and just yelling random fucking memes. That was the funniest, best, most natural part of the movie when the teenagers were, what is that? What? Cra- what crazy idea is that? Acting like teenagers. Whoa. Who could have ever guessed that? Who could have ever guessed that after the popularity of Stranger Things making 10-year-olds act like 40-year-old screenwriters? I, you know, that always bugged me. It doesn't matter. Another talk, another, <laughs> another rant. But it is weird that they keep doing that and then expecting audiences to be like, yeah, that's a teenager talking. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No. No, I'm sorry. No. I think there might be other reasons this movie didn't make money, but I think the biggest reason is that it wasn't fun. It was fun to look at. It wasn't fun to listen to. It wasn't fun to analyze. I mean, the the lack of score. I mean, why can't people just make a score that's reticent of 90s hip-hop instead of just giving us 90s hip hop like who do you have to do the music I can do the music at that point I can literally pause sorry I can mute your movie and then just play my own east coast hip hop and it'll do the exact same effect the exact same way and the exact same technique that Trent Reznor <laughs> went with you know it it's not that I would call anyone lazy of course I wouldn't especially Trent Reznor I'm sure that man works all the time But when I'm watching a movie and its whole score is comprised of pop songs, my brain, without calling you lazy, my brain thinks, hey, that's fucking lazy and sounds cheaper than just having a score and just having someone score it. Because while a pop song can have its place or can be explained in the universe, which they tried to do the first two or three songs, but then after that, the songs just start playing with no actual explanation in the universe or the world, like no cassette playing, no car playing, no nothing, no no Guardians of the Galaxy, no nothing like that. So while a movie can have pop songs and can even have pop song sequences, when every single freaking musical note is from a pop song, I don't even have to say it. Do I have to say it? Because it's just fucking boring. It's just boring. It, 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 all, it almost feels like that's a great way to replace a whole industry. Like, oh, you want to make music for movies? Too bad. We have fucking 90s hip-hop tracks. Oh, you, you, you want to you make a score for a Netflix show? Too bad. We have Painkiller where there's no score. There's just pop songs and whatever, what have you, it doesn't matter, it's just, it's, it's annoying, I think, and it almost, it takes me out of most movies, I'm fine with one or two, maybe three, yet, when it's the entire movie, again, I will reiterate and repeat as many times as necessary until it stops, because it won't, it is dumb, it is dull, it is, might I say, unoriginal, And I'm sorry for any artist or any producer who takes offense at this. Of course, I'll preface, or preface, postface, I'll postface. (laughs) Yeah, all right, yeah, we're keeping that. I'll postface, love the artist, hate the art. Uh, More power to any producer, more power to Trent Reznor. I, I hope he gets more jobs because of this, but I don't like it. And that's why we're here, really. That's why I'm here. Tell you about what I like and don't like. And with that, 
I think it is time to go. I'm timing myself out. You know, you see the light, you know you're out of time. Well, I, I turned the light on just now, and it looks like we're out of time, guys. So I will see you all beautiful people next week on the Noah Davis Watchcast. Take it easy. <laughs>